Good morning. It is good to see you all in the house of the Lord. Already a great time of worship in God's presence. Don't you love being in the Lord's presence? I love it. I love it. Um, Today we are taking a short one-week break from our I Am series, um, Seven I Am Statements of Jesus. We've already gone through four weeks. We're taking a a short break today. We'll pick it back up uh, next week as we look to... uh, as what Jesus is talking about in I Am in John. But I wanted to, we, we had a special week this past week, and so I just wanted to share, share with you a little bit about what went on. Um, we had the privilege of going to, we were actually asked to go to um, a, a, an organization called Difference Makers. It was a retreat in Atlanta, Georgia, or just outside Atlanta, Georgia. Becky and I were, were able to go. Um, meet with pastors from all over the country. We knew pastors there from Wisconsin and from California and from other places um, to go and meet at this Difference Makers event. And um, actually what was really cool, we, I went and I sat down at the table with, with a couple of pastors that I knew, one of whom uh, you guys might know, Steve Weaver. Um, I, I sat at the table with him, and uh, I knew everybody except for there was one uh, man that I didn't know. And then Steve Weaver says, Adam, I want to I introduce you uh, to this man. This is Bruce Frazier. And, uh, and I said, oh, hi, how are you? I didn't know. Okay, so Bruce Frazier, if you don't know, was pastor here at Friendship Church 20-plus years ago. Uh, I had never met him before, and so I, I was able to have dinner uh, with, with Pastor Bruce, I guess. Um, and so that was a great time. We, we had discussion. We talked about you. I said, do you remember Blake Quimby? Oh, I remember Blake Quimby, you know. <laughs> I said, he's, he's actually leading worship for us right now. Oh, no, he says, you know. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a good time. It was a good discussion uh, that we had there. I talked about the property. Uh, we were talking about the front of the property, and I said, I said yeah, we've got that big tree that's, that's out on the front. It provides shade for us and all this. And he says, that makes me feel old because I planted it there. And uh, it, was, it was a good conversation. He, he, he was uh, the, the one who... Uh, built where we're at right now, was a, was a main part of, of building what we have right now. So I was very appreciative of him and uh, I was able to talk with him that night. So we had a good conversation there. <clears throat> and um, it, it was really a good time because we were able to talk about um, something that we are able to do to impact the world. This, let, let me just show you a, picture, a little bit of what it would look like there. There were, let's see, 90, 90-something couples, I think, that, that met. Um, and um, at this event, and we get to talk about fire Bibles. Next picture is um, a picture of a couple of fire Bibles that were there as well, um, which is what we're going to be looking at here today. It's one of the things that I have been wanting to be a part of for a few years, and, and now that we're senior pastors, I'm able to be, able to be a part of it. So um, we were asked to come and be a part of Difference Makers. So let me just tell you what Difference Makers is, what they're doing, what is fire Bible. How many of you... you do not know what Fire Bible is. Raise your hand. You've never heard of that word before, Fire Bible. Okay, good. Um, so starting in 2007, Difference Makers was launched. And what it was, was it was several pastors that wanted to come together and, 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 um, and do some things for missions. Um, and so outside of giving to missionaries, which is obviously a great thing to do, but to have projects. So, so what do you missionaries need? Like is there a certain that uh, in a certain part of the world, you know, you, you want us to come do this for you or, or, or send money so you're able to do this. And so they've been able to do uh, uh, lots of things from, from uh, water wells in different parts of Africa that needed it or, um, uh, uh, 
you know, tent revivals or whatever in Asia and all these, all these different things that they're able to do. What are some things, missionaries, that you need for us to do outside of your normal budget? Like if, if, if some pastors here in America could come together and do this for you, what could it be? And so it was really from all over the world. It wasn't just one country or, or one continent even. And so back in 2007, they started this, and it's grown since They had a different project. This year we're going to do this um, for, for the people in Romania, and then the next year we're going to do this for the people in Argentina or whatever it is. Um, and so as that went on uh, over several years, um, this, this thing called the Fire Bible started. Well, what the Fire Bible is, it, the first print was actually in, in Portuguese. And so this is a Fire Bible right here. Uh, so the Fire Bible is uh, the, the Bible with a commentary on the inside that allows you to, it, 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 it um, explains the verses um, from a study perspective, okay? So I don't know if you can see this or not, but I've got, like, here's the Bible right here, and then, and then here's all these notes down here on the bottom that you can study and that you can learn. They, uh, pastors and scholars from all over the world have come together and these study materials. Now, you can go to Mardell or whatever Bible bookstore you want to, and you can get any commentary Bible um, th- that you want to. Uh, there's a John MacArthur study Bible, and there's a this study Bible, Moody, and all these other di- different things. The Fire Bible is from the Pentecostal point of view. So it's from Life Publishers, which is Assemblies of God, uh, uh, arm of that, arm of Assemblies of God. And so what happened was is we made a Pentecostal study and a uh, the the Brazilian church wanted wanted to have it but in their language so they they made it uh, for them they made this fire bible or not a fire bible but they made a study bible for them well the Chinese saw what was going on here and said well we want that in our language we want a Pentecostal study bible in our language so then they come over and they get this made up so now there is a Chinese study Bible that they give out to their pastors. Well, they started giving out to their pastors, and they, the, the, the feedback that they got, that one pastor said, he said, there is like fire in this book, is what he said. There's like fire book, it's the name, Fire Bible. And so now, there are three million Fire Bibles in, um, in China. I don't know if you're supposed to know that or not. Just put that online. Um, but they're being spread to pastors all over China. And all around the world, this Fire Bible is being printed in different languages. Um, and what it's for is to give to pastors so that they can have a Bible that they can read, but then also study notes from a Pentecostal perspective um, as, as they are getting their sermons ready so they, can, so, so they can use this study Bible, Fire Bible, to do that. And so that started happening. Well, as Difference Makers caught on to this, they started giving some money to this and to that, but they were still trying to do some projects. Well, by 2016, they said, okay, what every missionary is asking for is the Fire Bible. <laughs> their version of Fire Bible. So the French wanted their Fire Bible, and in India they wanted the Fire Bible. And so all of these projects that they were doing, now we said, you know what, we're just going to do the Fire Bible for everyone. So in 2016, that's where uh, the biggest need that we are finding is that what if pastors in other countries had a Bible in their language with study notes from a Pentecostal lean, a Assemblies of God lean. We're not rewriting the Bible, you know that, right? It's the study notes that are, that are Pentecostal. And so it has spread literally like fire. 
And so it's good. <laughs> Absolutely. It is spread like fire. And so there are over, the fire Bible is in over 60 languages right now. Um, that it's, it's in Albanian, it's in Bulgarian, Cambodian, Croatian, Czech, of course in English. It's in Hebrew and Hindi and Lao and Pali and Romanian, Swahili, Spanish, Thai, Turkish, Ukrainian, uh, Vietnamese, it is spreading all over the world, this fire Bible. And so that is what, what the of churches, uh, the national churches in countries around the world are wanting. And so that's what they've been doing the past several years. So that's what we met this past week to talk about that and how much it's, it's on fire and it's moving and it's going places. Um, and so where the focus has been. That they said, we want this fire bible. So let me give you, um, I guess, kind of an example of this. So as I look for us here today, because you say, okay, well, that, that's what the fire bible is. Why are we doing this? Matthew chapter 28. If you want to turn there, that's fine. If not, it's on the screen here. Matthew chapter 28 and Romans chapter 10 I want to look at. Very familiar passage of scripture, especially this first one. Matthew chapter 28, and this is for us. This is for um, the church. This is Jesus. This is his last teaching. Um, to his disciples. I'm going to read these uh, simple verses here from the Fire Bible, okay? So Matthew 20, verse 18, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He says, Go, therefore. Everybody say, Go. That's what Jesus, he is telling us to go, that we have to go out and tell those who do not know about Jesus. That's, that, that is why we talk about missions. That's why we have that this is such a missions-giving church, and I'm so thankful for it, um, because people need to hear about Jesus Christ, plain and simple. We believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, yes, yes, and if that's the case, then we have to go tell them. That there are people around the world that do not know. And so Jesus knew that even from the very beginning, 2,000 years ago. And he says, all authority on heaven has been given to me, and so now I give it to you. Go. Go and make disciples of all nations. Not just converts. Don't just get them saved and then run away. But disciples. Disciple them. Be there with them. All nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Verse 20 teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. It is good to know that God is going with us in our endeavor. Amen? That it's not just go out there and, and, and see, if you, see what you can do. No, God is going with us. He sends His Holy Spirit uh, with us. So as I'm looking at this in the Fire Bible, so I read this verse. And so if I was... Um, a pastor or a preacher in, an, in another country, whether it be India, whether it be Peru, whether it be Slovakia, wherever it is, I now have study notes in here that can help me as I unpack this, these verses for my people. So, for instance, I go down here to what it says in, in 2819. These words are referred to as Christ's Great Commission. You've heard that before, right? The Great Commission. This command applies to all his... Of every generation. So it's not just one of those where just you 12 go do this. It was for every generation, all time. All of us are to go out. And then he gives 
there's six different things that he kind of breaks down even further. The church is to go into all the world, spread the message of Christ as revealed in his own teaching through the teaching of his apostles, as revealed throughout the New Testament. This task includes the responsibility of sending missionaries into every nation. So it breaks down and lets us know this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to send missionaries out and be able to do that. Number two, the preaching of the gospel is centered on repentance and forgiveness of sins. There's a lot of things that we can do as Christians to help people, but it's centered, like we can help them financially, we can help them physically, and those things are good and great, but the gospel is centered on repentance and the forgiveness of sins. Number three, the primary purpose of Christ's commission was to make disciples, disciple learners and followers of Jesus Christ who live by his commands. It's not just trying to figure it out as you know. He gives us a list of commands and things that we're supposed to do as we grow and follow Him. Number four, Christ commands us to concentrate on reaching spiritually lost men and women with His message of hope. But this does not mean believers are called to Christianize society or to expect that all the world will become Christians. Like we're not called to Christianize people. And that was, that was kind of one of the things that, that uh, when we were going through uh, missionary, we're not supposed to go over there and Americanize everything, you know. And we don't Christianize it or, or Americanize it or, or, or these things. We're there to share where love and repentance comes from. Forgiveness of sins. Number five, it says, those who believe in Christ, who accept his message by faith and actively yield their lives to him, are to be baptized with water. It, it pushes again. Uh, that we're supposed to do, that we, we baptize in water, being totally immersed. That's, that's Pentecostal theology right there. And number six, Christ will be with his obedient followers through the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. They will be able to fulfill their task to take Christ's message wherever they go, even to all people and to all nations, only after they are clothed with power from on high. Love that. And then it gives Luke 24, 49, and Acts 1, 8. So if I'm a pastor in another country, and I'm wanting to preach this text, I've got all of this information, this study notes that I can to, to preach to our people. I, I use this even for here today. But so I got a, so a guy who's, who's wanting to learn this, he sees, okay, so Luke 24, 49, Acts 1, 8 kind of helps me with this. Let's flip over and look at that and read that. And that strengthens their sermon, strengthens the people uh, that are under his shepherding, right? And so that's this is so useful for pastors and churches around the world. Then we skip over to Romans chapter 10. So we are to go, right? And I believe that there are some people who are called to go, to actually physically move their family across the world to another country. We've lived that life before. But I think there may be some people in this room that one day are called to go. It is very possible. I don't see anybody lifting their hand, but hey, you never know. Okay? And if you are called to go, let me just tell you someone who has answered the call, go. Because God will be with you. God will be with you. And so he says to go, and if you're not going to physically go, then you sin. Okay? So Romans chapter 10. Verse 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen? Amen. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's pretty easy. You don't have to like, 
distort the scripture here to try to find out another theology or something. That's pretty easy. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, whether you live in Richmond, Texas, or whether you live way over there in the Netherlands or in Guatemala, wherever, okay? If you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. And I'm so thankful for that, that he gives that opportunity. So then you say, but what about those, and this is kind of a common question, what about those people who have never heard? What about those people in Papua New Guinea or in a, in a, in a tribe that no one's ever reached, you know, somewhere in, in, in deep, dark? What about those people who have never heard? Verse 14 helps us with this. How then can they call on him in whom they have not believed? Call on them. Someone can't call on the name of the Lord unless they believe. How can they call on him if they have not believed? Well, then how are they to believe in him in whom they have never heard? They can't believe if they have not heard of this name, Jesus Christ. And how are they to hear without someone preaching to them? You following this? They can't call if they haven't believed, and they can't believe unless they've heard, and they can't hear preaches. And how are they to preach unless they are sent. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. So what happens to those who have not heard? That's why we hold on tight to missions and we send people out. And we send those out so that they can hear, so that they do have the opportunity to believe. That's why we do it. We can't just sit back and say, well, I've heard it. I'm going to heaven. I'm just I'm just chilling, just waiting here until heaven. No, 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 no. This is what we've got to do. <laughs> this is what we have to do. We're called to do. All of us are called to do this, to go or to sin. You go or you sin. You go or you sin. You go or you sin. That's what we have to do. This is a command of the Lord. This is not one of these things that we can just choose to, if we do it or not do it. We go or we sin, and that's what partially what this is for. That's why we have this fire Bible, so that we can put this in the hand of pastors around the world. You look at a note down here on verses 13 to 15. God has not made it difficult to receive His gracious gift of forgiveness, spiritual salvation, and eternal life, though there is a cost in following Jesus. We all can participate in the effort to bring good news to those who have not heard about Jesus. It is up to us to do this. It's up to us to go out and tell. If a person recognizes his or her need for God, humbly acknowledges his or her sin and calls on God for mercy, he or she can receive forgiveness and spiritual salvation. That's what we do. That's what we do. As we go and we make sure that everyone has an opportunity to hear about the love of Jesus Christ that me and you get to hear about every single day. Certainly every single Sunday, but every single day we get to hear about this. So, how do we do this? If we're not going to physically pick up our lives and move and go somewhere else, so how do we give? Like, how do we, what, what do we give to? What do we, what, what's the best thing to do? The two, uh, after, after being in missions, 
for a little while, from where I'm sitting, the two places that is best to give your missions dollars, number one is missionaries, actually given to missionaries. This person wants to fly over and be a missionary to Spain or wants to be a missionary to Nepal, absolutely. Then we get on board with that and we, and we give to that. And I'm so thankful that this church, we give to 80 missionaries every single month. We've, we picked up two more, in fact, this year already that we are going to give to because we know how important that it is. So when you give to missionaries, they are boots on the ground. They are eye to eye, looking at someone, leading them in the sinner's prayer, if you will, but then also staying there with them and showing them how to read their Bible and how to walk with the Lord. And that's what they're there to do, and they plant churches, and they do certain, all all kinds of things. So giving to missionaries is huge, and I'm so thankful that we are a church that gives to missionaries. And the second thing is to give to projects like this. Because you say, if you give X amount of dollars for the Fire Bible, you know that all of your money is going to buy a Fire Bible for a pastor in another country. So when you do checks like this, when you give to these projects, you know exactly where your money is going. What, is, what it is going to be used for, what is it going to do. So the language is that they already are in work. See, the, the plan was to pick a country and let that be the project for the year. Like this year we're going to do the Swedish Bible. Well, the problem is, is every country keeps asking life publishers, no, 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 we want to be next on the list. <laughs> we want to be next on the list. We want it. So now we're trying to take on five at once. So like right now, we're looking, we're looking at the Peruvian Bible, the Swedish Bible, Bangladesh, Slovenia, and the Romani Gypsy right now is we are in the works. They, last year was the Polish Bible. They are just about done and about to send it out. And difference makers did that, by the way, which is what we did. That's what, that's what they did last year. And so now this year we're trying, to, we're trying to put on five at once. I don't know how they're going to do that, but that's what we're trying to do. Peru, Sweden, Bangladesh, Slovenia, and Romani Gypsy. That's what we're trying to do. So if we can make these fire Bibles, so first of all, the Word of God in their language, which not all of them have that, but then also study notes for the pastor. Just to give you an example, a couple of years ago, we made the, Ar- the, uh, the Armenian Fire Bible. Uh, Armenia is actually a, a Christian nation, has been a Christian nation since A.D. 301, and um, surrounded by not-Christian nations. And uh, so they've, for the most part, since 301, been a Christian nation. The, the king in 301 uh, became a Christian, so everyone... Now, the Armenian language was a spoken language. It was not a written language. They didn't have it written down at all in, in the year 300. It was a spoken language. They hadn't written it down. But when they all converted to Christianity, they wanted to be able to read the Bible. So they began the effort to write the Bible in their language. So finally, by the year 405, so think about that, from 301 to 405, they finally wrote their Bible in their language. But the whole reason to write their language down was so that they could have a Bible to read. How cool is that? The only reason that the Armenian has a written down language is so that they could read the Bible. So they had it in 405. That was the last uh, translation that they wrote. Okay? So the King James Version is tough. (laughs) <laughs> they're reading from 405. So uh, 2018, so was that four years ago, 
They translated it and, and, they, and they, they brought it from 405 to 2018. And so the Armenian church now has a Bible um, in their language with study notes uh, from a Pentecostal perspective. And that's Difference Makers did that, 2000, 2018. And so I wanted to be a part of this. And um, thank you for letting me go last week. I don't know if you knew I was week, but I was going last week. Still, thank you for letting me go. But I've wanted to be a part of this because how important is the Word of God? <laughs> how important is the Word of God? Jeff, you guys can come on up. And try to live our life without this Word of God. And then... The luxuries that we have, we can pick 30 different translations if we wanted to. I could read from the NLT and the NIV and the King James Version and the New King James Version, the American Standard, the New American Standard. We have all of these things in English. And then in the Romani Gypsy language, they don't have anything. Nothing. And so if we want to see the people of these nations come to the Lord, they have to be able to read God's Word. They have to be able to hear God's word, hear it preached to them. And so what an incredible effort that the Sims of God and life publishers and difference makers is doing to put the word of God in the hands of people all around the world. So huge. It is so huge. And so we're going to take up an offering for this. And I told you last week to start praying for it. So ushers, if you guys want to get ready back there. So here's the deal. Even if you didn't come ready to give, this is, I, I kind of have a yearly goal. I have a yearly goal that I, that I would like for our church to do. We want to take up an offering today. And hey, if we meet the goal today, then hallelujah. But I have a goal of $5 that I would like to give from Friendship Church. $5,000 that if we gave to see Bibles in the hands of pastors around the world, that they can tell their people about Jesus. What we get to hear all the time. And so, did the numbers here. If every member just gave $67, we would reach 5000 easily. So that's a number that you want to have in your head. Some can give more, some can't quite give that. But even if you can't give today, even if you were to wait even next month that you can give. That's fine. I'm just saying, just by the end of the year, will you give Fire Bible? Will you give something to Fire Bible? And so if you want to write out a check or you want to make out, I've got mine and Becky's right here. If you want to put it on the envelope, you can just write Fire Bible next to it. I want you to pray on how much that you would like to give. If you want to give online, you can put there in the memo Fire Bible. Whether you give today or whether you give next week or in four months, that's fine. I mean, we can... We can wrap up our goal in, in, in one day. That would be great. And then everything else would just be great on top of it. But prayed about our goal and what we wanted to do, and I would love to see that. But it, but I, I would ask that at some point this year that you would give. And if we reach 5,000, anything that goes, goes over it, we'll still give it to it. Make, make me ashamed of how low of a goal that I made. <laughs> Because it's so important, guys. 
And so even if you don't give, I mean, you can give four months from now, that's fine. But give something to Fire Bible this year. Because we want to see, we want to see the word of God preached. Yes, we want to see the word of God preached in Richmond, Texas. We want to see it preached in Sweden and Peru and Bangladesh and Slovenia. All these different places who are dying for a Bible, a study Bible. In which so I'm going to pray for us. And then we'll take up this offering. And let me just say thank you for being a church who, who understands stuff like this as well our responsibility and and our opportunity to be able to give to something like this. Let's pray. Lord, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your command for us to go. To go and make disciples of all nations. There's not one nation that wants to go to. Make disciples of all nations. For anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so, Lord, if if there are people in other countries that need a Bible to be able to hear the word of God, then of course we're going to do something. We're going to give to make sure that we can put a Bible in these pastors' hands so that they can preach. Preach the word of God. God, we pray that you would take this offering and that the fire Bibles can be translated and printed quickly and sent over to these pastors and passed out to them as quick as possible so that they can have their hands and preach the word of God. I thank you for this church who has a high regard for your word, loves the Bible, but also loves missions loves giving to those who need to hear about Jesus Christ. God, I pray that you would be with us as we give, but God, be be with this fire Bible as it's spreading across the world, Lord. God, I pray that you would touch those who are translating and who are sending them out, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Take this offering, bless it, use it quickly, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you so much for your giving. Appreciate it so much. What a great church. What a great church we have.